before we get into the episode, I just take to like uh, take this chance to mourn the loss of the um, ten six people who were killed during the um, night. Was it club shooting here in uh, you know here in Sacramento? Condolences to the to the fam or friends and family of and relatives of the people who were affected. I believe the the report was that it was six dead and I think ten or twelve injured. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough. It's really unfortunate that happened, and you know you really wish like you know we could we could not have shootings anymore in this country, but. It just keeps come, becoming a thing, and you know this one hits hard because it's right here in Sacramento. So, yeah, condolences to everyone who was affected by this tragic event, and you know our leaders need to do better. Um, but as it stands now, this is unfortunately these things. It's it didn't have to happen, and unfortunately it did. And yeah, again, just want to say condolences to all who was involved or know someone who was involved in this tragic, tragic shooting. Um, I don't know how I'm going to transition <laughs> to the actually talking about a silly basketball game, but here we are. Uh, please enjoy the episode. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 179 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, I'm coming to you today solo, of course, uh, because Fong is not available because, uh, well, he was actually at the game live, and uh, I was not at the game live, and uh, he's doing God knows what now, so after the game, so I am by myself, uh, just, yeah, to kind of just go over my notes about what happened, honestly, not much, like, it's I guess there was hope that the Kings could win this game just because it was the second night of a back-to-back uh, for the Warriors who, you know, came back on the Jazz last night. My god, the Jazz. Like, that's a whole fucking mess. But anyways, they come in without Clay, without Otto Porter, without Andre Iguodala, and without Steph Curry. There might have been other guys on the injury list, but that was the four I remember. So, there was hope that maybe they, maybe they could, like, you know, the Kings, I mean, could sneak a win instead. They lose in the Golden 1 Center 109 to 90. And the story of the game, for the most part, for the Kings anyway, shot shot 38% from the field, 21% from three. It's it was just one of those games where they couldn't hit shots, and the Warriors could. And the Warriors shot 47%, 16 of 34, and 51% from the field. And it like it's always a bad omen when Draymond Green comes out and hits threes. And it just feels like this bad guy just never misses threes when he plays against the Kings. The, the uh, Warriors actually ended up with um, with seven threes in the first quarter and Draymond went two for two. I think that was his only two threes of the game. And that kind of sparked just pain. That was actually his only points. That's actually pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, like it, as soon as he hit those two threes, Kings were like almost shell shocked to a certain degree, and they somehow basically never recovered from those two threes, and the and the Warriors never cooled down either, and and you, then you have Andrew Wiggins hitting threes, Nemanja Bjelica, belly revenge game finally kind of gets his, like just 
you know, he just hit some threes and also was, you know, doing a lot from the high post as well. He had 19, 12, and 6. That has to be his best game of the season. Like, I know he's not been great for the Warriors this season, even though he's he's had moments, but, like, that must feel great to kind of, like, you know, the the situation with him and Marvin, like, where they play, they play Marvin over him, like, just for the sake of developing him and pissing him off and just basically made, made it so they needed, the Kings needed to trade him last year. Like, it must feel good for him to kind of go back at the Kings like that, kind of stick it to him. So that's well that's basically all all there is to it for for the Warriors side they just they shot really well you know the Kings' defense was just bad honestly like I I say like I always say that the Kings well actually I don't think I've ever said this but like the Kings like there, there are a lot of times it feels like the effort just isn't there I couldn't say that about this game the effort was there especially on defense and on offense but like they just don't play with a certain part they don't play with a purpose and especially on defense where like there are certain guys you can help off of like i've been harping on this all year like there are certain guys you you can help off of to pack the paint sure the the idea or like the, the defensive scheme is to help you know help on in the paint but like don't help off the right don't help off the shooters like damian lee always seems to hit a bunch of threes against us let me see how many he hit he hit no he went over three never mind but the idea is like i think i think the, the guy I was thinking of was like jordan Poole. like at a certain point like you know sure help in the paint but don't help off of jordan Poole. don't help off the guys that can actually shoot john the kaminga fine Juan Toscano anderson fine like don't help off of belly and like those guys it was just they don't play enough with a purpose and they don't play enough with a level of connectivity and it's you know, it just like in a game like this where you just cannot, for the life of you, hit shots from the outside. Your defense falls apart and it's just ugly. Like this game was just ugly to watch because the Kings fell into their worst habits again. Like they, they basically jacked up a bunch of threes and you know couldn't really get into the paint and settle for outside jump shots. Now, granted, the Warriors' defense is really good, so like they they were able to shut down like the paint for you know for the Kings. And just, yeah, just looking at the stat right now, like they, like they, they're able to like shut, shut down the paint. And then, you know, once, once like they're able to like really lock in on the paint and force you to shoot from the outside, you're not, and if you're not hitting those open shots, you got no chance. And that's basically what happened this game. Like, you know, they, the Kings couldn't hit early and the, the Warriors kind of sniffed that out and just packed the paint. There was just, even when I wanted them to go into the paint, and I thought they were fine, like, you know, when they actually got to the rim, it's just, there weren't that many openings. And, you know, the Kings, the Kings just could not get anything going, and it just, it was just a recipe for a really, really ugly game, basically. Um, ultimately, um, oh, by the, oh, the next piece of news that I want to talk about, Kings are officially eliminated from the, uh, from the play-in tournament good good riddance i guess like finally like can we just acknowledge that we weren't gonna make it like you know 10 games ago almost like i don't i get it like you don't you don't want to like lay down and die but i'm gonna bring this up again could have snuck in some nemias kata kata minutes here like i get it i get it it's hard to do it against the warriors who don't really have a center like they had you know they had looney and oh, looney only played 15 minutes so like I don't know, you can match, like, Kata's minutes with him or something. 
but like you know, Damian Jones was fine. He was good for you know a good chunk of the game, but certain plays with him and just like you know what, just let, let's just have a different look. Like Alex Len was out of this game. I, you know, we were all hoping like mm, maybe Kata get some minutes, but like. Damian Jones was fine, but you know some of the plays, you know, he frustrates me a lot now. Like it just, it just stands out when his hands are just bad, and like for whatever reason, sometimes he doesn't anticipate the pass. It's just a little weird with him, and you know some of his like, you know, he tries to be Sabonis sometimes when he re- when that's really not part of his game, and he should just like strictly stick to kind of screening and rolling to the rim and. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, Kata, I feel, can do that, you know, just fine. Like, have him just have him get some reps out there. Like, like are, were they really seriously not playing him to hold on to the hope of just making the play-in tournament? What the fuck that's worth? Like, that's it's just a frustrating thing about, like, the Kings. I don't even know. The worst part is, I don't even know if this is a, a King, uh, an, the coaching staff decision, or is it something from, like, ownership? or like the front office if it's something from front off in the front office and the ownership like fuck off like you don't 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 try and affect the try, don't try and affect the game like on the court like the front office get get some players get some talent cool in front up or like ownership specifically the back just fuck off <laughs> just fuck off and like if the coaching staff doesn't have control that's a whole nother can of worms that just that will just that's just gonna depress me the more i talk about it but the it's just like you could have snuck some minutes in for Kata here like have him just get some reps out there even though it is a small ball lineup and he definitely would have been switched on perimeter a lot just have him out there just see what he can do and like honestly he's probably a better pass than Damian is right now <laughs> like it's just one of those things that just frustrates me like the the Warriors play some of their their young guys a little bit or actually no they didn't really they play was it Withers Weatherspoon like one minute and Moody two one two minutes so it's not much but like it's just the play just you you never had a chance really just play the young guys or the young guy specifically so yeah overall i mean it's just kind of i guess um what, what's the word not fundamental um I, rudimentary it's just rudimentary it's just you know the kings didn't like they had a chance to win this game they couldn't take advantage and they just they tried they really did and i'll give them that but like they just didn't they never found the purpose to and to like play together and they just weren't weren't connected um throughout the game enough to win against you know a well-coached team with some very smart uh nba players and some guys who know their roles so overall like just it's just one of those losses that you just kind of say hey i will say the kings did cut it to seven but then they just they couldn't maintain it basically sorry to keep shitting on them but like it started with damian jones trying to be sabonis and forcing a pass that was never there or was it meant to i don't remember who who uh threw that turnover but yeah that basically led to a run out and uh that the kings just let the floodgates open and were never close ever again so it's good to see the fight that that still stays with this team like there's something there, but at the same time, like you could have gone, you could have gone down playing your young guy as well, trying to get Kata some minutes there, and maybe, maybe there's some behind the scenes. But like, I feel he, sh- I have to feel he should get some minutes at this point. Like the, the season was lost long ago, and now like Alvin Gentry's in the press, in the press, uh, 
was at the press conference, like saying that look, you know, you guys can look forward to seeing more Kata going forward. Why didn't we see him in the in these games? In these last few games, like you're not real. You weren't. You weren't really in it. Like it's ugh, frustrating. This, this damn team sometimes. Okay, that's enough. Uh, that's enough for just talking about the Kings. Let's move on to another topic that I do want to talk about a little bit more. So WrestleMania was this weekend, and it was it was a ton of fun. Like I don't know, I, I mean I went into it with pretty low expectations for the most part because I looked at especially night two. I looked at the card. You had like Johnny Knoxville and like you know Pat McAfee and uh, Austin Theory, and then you know um, I guess I was looking forward to the uh, the triple threat tag team match that because like that at RK Bro, Street Profits, and Alpha Academy. I was kind of into them. Um, but like it was just tons of fun and then night one there was like a ton of good matches you have like Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair I thought it was a good match everyone's saying it's like match of the year I'm not I'm not ready to put it in that pedestal just yet because you never know what AEW can pull out and you never know what can WWE can pull out like throughout the year they have some amazing wrestlers so not ready to crown it like the best match so far of the year although I don't know which one I would go to but uh like um what what else was in night one uh there was charlotte versus ronda which was weird because like they for some reason charlotte won that was really weird but like i i actually enjoyed the match quite a bit um there was another match i am blanking so hard right now um i guess let's quickly talk about the steve austin show i mean the steve austin part steve austin actually wrestled a match and actually like you know took bumps and shit and ultimately like it made KO it was a it was a fun moment and it was just like you know it it really was just fun like I, I wasn't expecting like much from that because I was expecting a talk show which was you know I, I would have been just why is that closing the show but whatever like ultimately it's just one of those things like where you know you, you gotta just I guess turn your turn your uh turn your brain off a little bit and just take take it for what it is and it, it was it was fun uh the the one match i do, did want to talk about that was like uh the most surprising to me and it was just it was the logan paul miz versus mysterios match and the main thing that i was really surprised about was how good logan paul was i hate to admit it like gr- granted like he played his role perfectly he was the heel he was the biggest prick like out there and he played to the heel he, he hit the three amigos um on Rey mysterio and then did the eddie shake when he was on the top rope like that was just so much heat so much heel heat it was great now if he stays healed that is amazing like he's got something there he he seems to finally understand that he is an unlikable sack of shit and people will pay money to see to see him get get his ass beat and yeah he played to that and it was weird how they won the match but like still like you know Miz gave him the skull crushing finale huge pop you know you get a thumbs up from me and uh like I was surprised of just how much like I was impressed with Logan honestly uh, and also he looks like a legitimate athlete like you know say what you will about him like he he, he definitely he's definitely an athlete 
to, to say the least. He's big. He's really like cut and ripped. Like, there's something there. And if he's, and there's rumors saying, think I think there was a report saying like he was gonna be sticking around. That's actually gonna be very interesting. Um, I don't know what he would do, but like you know, I guess he's starting a feud with the Miz, who hit him with his finisher um, after the match. Um, other than that, like I thought that was really cool. Um, next one, I mean, well, we've got to talk about this, like Cody Rhodes return. Um, you know, the, the sick, 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 sick part of me just wanted it to be Shane McMahon, just have, just basically turn the lights off, and then his music hits. Here comes the money, and the whole arena will just start booing. <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't do that. Instead, they straight up just played. Cody Rhodes' AEW theme song. Like it it was so weird to actually see him. Like it was an amazing, it was an amazing atmosphere, amazing entrance. Like I got goosebumps like listening to that theme song play in a WWE program in, in Rus- on WrestleMania. And but it was just so weird just seeing Cody back in WWE because like again, he kind of personifies AEW to to a, to a degree. Like you know, he was the guy that, you know, start, basically started all this. Like, he, um, Dave Meltzer said he couldn't fill a 10,000-person uh, venue. He did it, and it basically started a whole new revolution that got Tony Khan, Co- T- Tony Khan, Co- what, what the hell was I saying? Tony Khan, like, you know, his ears perked up, and they decided to work out a deal to start AEW. Like, he, he is kind of the... The, the revolutionary that started all this and it's so weird to see him come back and of course i didn't watch the full match it was just it was a long match i'm sorry i kind of skipped it around but like you know anybody that's gonna make him look good a great pair of hands to just give him give him his first win back seth rollins they they had a great match you know some really nice like you know uh homages i guess uh some easter eggs if you will there was the there was kind of the bionic elbow that was really cool um there was apparently there was a cartwheel that i missed apparently that was an homage to stardust and also um the the basically um so seth seth rollins uh basically was about to set up for the pedigree Cody reverses it and, and does basically the double arm hooks for which you know fooled everyone to thinking oh shit he's gonna do the pedigree but instead he did was it called a Tyler Tyler driver um I, I don't 76 I, I don't know what the what the move is but that was really cool but really good match and just yeah Cody Rhodes is back I still I still refuse to really believe it like it's just so weird to think that he's back in WWE it's just like again the man that personifies all the anti-wwe sentiment although he's never really like shitted on wwe like he personified everything and now to just see him go back and uh, yeah it's just weird i am interested to see how how he's gonna be doing like about six weeks in six months in like is he still gonna be a top guy like i i said on um last episode like you know what roman doesn't have any opponents after brock really and I mean, Cody Rhodes is real. I mean, Cody Rhodes is a great choice and may, could be the guy to, you know, take the title off him for all we know. So maybe that's an option. We'll, we'll have to see. But like, we'll, let, let's see what he does. And, you know, what I'll, I'll also have to see, like, what they're going to do after the Raw after Mania. Are they going to follow up on the Cody momentum? Are they going to set up something? Like, 
you know, the if you ever watch the uh, WWE documentary about the Monday Night Wars, like the tide was basically turned after WrestleMania 14 or 15. I think it was 15. Or was it 14? No, no, it was 14. That was the one where uh, Stone Cold beat uh, Shawn Michaels, and then the next night X Pac came. X Pac came back, and then there was also like you know. Austin basically starting the Austin McMahon feud like that was the turning point is this gonna be some sort of turning point because like they have to treat Cody well and if Co- and like this is a huge defection in a way although like defection is a bit of a strong word but like you know the the up uh, you know we've seen so many WWE guys end up going to AEW like this is the first one where it's the other way around and it's a huge steal by WWE and I wonder if that's going to turn into anything. Like, is you know, MJF constantly talks about, like, you know, constantly talks about um, coming, or, like, you know, possibly joining WWE. Like, is this going to be kind of a catalyst for it? Like, if they treat Cody well, like, you know, you never know. And we'll have to see what they do at uh, the Raw after uh, WrestleMania. And we'll... Yeah, it's a very interesting time, to say the least. Um, apparently, it's a multi-year deal, too. So, Cody's going to be there for a while, I think. Uh, that's what I heard. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to confirm, but... All right. Night two. Um, the... I, I saw the... Well, I saw the um, triple threat uh, tag team championship match. That was really fun. And the thing that really does stick out to me is just how over... Like, I don't watch the, I don't watch the weekly shows. It's painful to watch them to be honest um but like the triple threat like rk bro is so over i did not like realize how over randy Orton and matt riddle are and then like alpha academy like they were the perfect heels and like street profits just kind of that perfect kind of like slot into any match and like they'll they'll do their thing and it was it was it was really good like a really good wrestling match like you know, rk bro ended up retaining and which like that's fine and yeah overall very fun like you know kind of workhorse type match a, a, a match that could fit on aew if you will i think like that kind of match and it was tons of fun another match that was just tons of fun i i, I was not looking forward to this at all i thought this was gonna be just gonna be stupid Sami Zayn versus johnny knoxville like it it was just like i'm gonna keep, i'm gonna keep using this this word like it was just fun to watch like you know, Johnny Knoxville, like, was kind of getting his ass beat by Sami Zayn, rightfully so, but, and, like, you know, he was just kind of, like, moping around on the floor, and then, like, you know, the interference spots come, the weapon spots come, and he's, and they basically do all this, these weird jackass stunts, uh, on Sami Zayn, and Sami sold it very fun, in a very funny way, and, like, Wee Man got involved, uh, oh, I forgot his name, I forgot his name. The, the the dude that drank the the pig cum. The, the dude that's all that, that was in his underwear. Um, like he like he was like just being out there being weird, distracting Sammy. And ultimately, Johnny Knoxville actually manages to pin Sammy Zayn. Every near fall was so good. Like he, it's it's really fun. It's it was a very funny and fun match to say the least. I did not think I would enjoy it as much as I did, but I really enjoyed this match. Another one that I did not expect at all to enjoy austin theory versus pat mcafee like pat mcafee is over he's got something like i don't know if he's gonna be like a full-time wrestler you know he's an announcer and he's a retired nfl person 
or NFL guy. Like, I don't know if he's going to have a long-term um, in-ring career, but, like, he's got something. He's super athletic. Like, he's got, like, the kind of... he's He'd be a great baby face for sure. Like, he could definitely get the crowd behind him. And, and, and even in NXT, he could have been... He, could, he was a great heel. Like, he's got something. And, like, you know, the crowd was fully behind him. Like, in... Or... Granted, it wasn't Dallas. Did he play for the Dallas Cowboys? I thought he played for another team. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that much about football just yet. Still learning. Stay with me. But, like, you know, the crowd was so behind him. They were, like, singing his song. It was just... He's got something. And I'm, I'm interested to see if he does do more matches. He he could he could become, like, like a legit, like, real... Um, I don't want to say star. Like, that. That's a big, that's a big word. But, like... He, he's, he's an interesting prospect going forward if he wants to wrestle. Now, the post-match angle, that was pure, it, like, it wasn't even just fun. It was pure insanity in the best way. Vince McMahon got into the ring and actually had a match. Granted, he didn't really wrestle, and boy, he, he, looks, he looks a bit old, but he took off his shirt, and he was wearing a tank top. And granted, he threw some god-awful punches and some god-awful kicks, like, the fact that he was in the match at all was just pure euphoric insanity. Like, it was just so, again, so much fun. And it ended with Stone Cold coming out and giving him a stunner. And it was it was just an amazing moment. Like, again, like, I just did not expect to have, that, have this much fun, like, watching this match. It was incredible. And then, uh, the main event, um... Main event, uh, Brock versus Lesnar, or Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm running out of gas, but Brock versus Roman for the winner take all unification match. Uh, d- didn't really care for this match all that well. It was all right, it was an all right match. Like, it was kind of a, I wish it was a little bit faster paced. Like, it was, you know, your typical Paul Heyman match, you know, finisher spamming. Like, they didn't bother, like, with the working, the working a limb and all that stuff, like, building to the finish. Instead, they just hit finishers on each other, and it ended with, I guess, Roman kind of cheating, because, like, at the, because, um, Brock had him in the Kimura, and Paul Heyman kind of pushed the ropes a little bit towards him so that Roman could grab it, and then he hits a spear, and then it was over. Finally, can we please put this chapter of the Brock versus Roman thing just to bed, because we've done this enough times, and... I think it's finally time for everyone to just move on. Like, we don't need to see this match anymore. Even though I really actually like both guys. Roman Reigns is, like, he's on a level beyond anyone in the industry right now. He is, like, the biggest star in the industry right now. Beyond Kenny Omega, beyond Brock, beyond anybody. And I just never thought that Brock was going to take him down just because, like, I just, I, like at this point, I don't see Brock as, as big a star as Roman at this point. Like, bro. And honestly, he isn't the right guy anyways. You gotta, he's gotta be a guy you build up to Roman's level. And I don't even know if they can ever do that with anyone other than maybe Cody and, or someone from NXT possibly. Like, there's rumors about Braun Breaker possibly being the guy. I don't know. Like, Roman is on such a high level now. Like, I don't know if anyone can reach it. And yeah, let's just put this Brock and Roman thing to bed finally because done this what is this so wrestlemania 31 wrestlemania 33 <sighs> was this the third time they did this match 
No, wait, what? WrestleMania 33. Well, this was the main event for that one. Fuck, I should remember this. Because 30... No, well, no, 30... No, 32 was the really bad... Okay, 32 was the... Okay, so 33 was Undertaker. 34 was Brock 2. Brock and Roman 2. And then this is... The third WrestleMania they main evented. And it was, it was a fine match for what it was. And... Yeah, let's just put this to bed and finally just move on to something else. And I'm interested to see what what they do going forward. Like, again, who is going to be the next challenger? Is it going to be Cody right away? Or are they going to build up Cody for possibly next year? Although, like, rumor rumor is is that it's going to be The Rock. But doesn't... I don't know if he's... Like, he's not... Rock is not the guy to beat him either. Because he's not going to stick around, so... It might have to be Cody, <laughs> to be honest. Anyways, yeah, but really good WrestleMania. I really liked pretty much most of the show. There were some shows I just or some matches I skipped around with because honestly, just didn't want to. Didn't didn't feel like sitting sitting through them. Like I was not into the Omas and Bobby Lashley one. But like overall, just great WrestleMania, and I really enjoyed it way more than I ever thought I would. So. Kudos to WWE for putting on a damn good show after a absolute shit build. So, yeah, um, overall good match. I really liked it, and yeah, that's all I have for this episode. I'll come back. I guess I will come back to you guys um, after I believe is the New Orleans game on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, um, I'm I don't know what I'm rooting for at this point because I, I mean I've kind of given up. I gave up on the player a long time ago, anyways. I was just hoping for them to, you know, play competitive games, or the Kings, I mean, to play competitive games and just, you know, be up or just build towards something. I don't know what they're building towards anymore, so it is what it is. Like, if they win, good. If they lose, good. Like, I don't think they're going to drop to the next, uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to end up dropping to, what, the seventh? Or they're not going to drop the eighth in odds, I don't think. I think it's it's basically impossible at this point. So I, I think they're going to stay where they are in the draft order. But what I am looking to is that for the love of God, play Kata. I don't know what I don't know if I would be pissed if they play Kata because like it would just bring up the question, why didn't you play him before this? Because you didn't have a chance anyways. <sighs> this, this damn team is just is just making honestly. I'm probably thinking way more than they're thinking about it. Honestly. So, uh, anyways, uh, we'll probably come back to you maybe Wednesday, Wednesday or t- Tuesday night, maybe late night. I don't know. But until then, uh, this was a very eh game. Like I don't really have much to say about it. And uh, I guess I have got way more enjoyment watching WWE than watching this game, which is a question, which is something that that shows you how bad the Kings have been. Honestly, like there was no joy to be in. The, there was not that much joy in this game, and uh, yeah, I got more joy from just watching WWE and honestly talking about WWE more. So, yeah, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode, though. <laughs> I mean, there's a transition for you, um, and uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys back, or probably hopefully Fong will be back too um, after the game against New Orleans on Tuesday. 